Welcome to the Military Millionaire Podcast, where we teach service members, veterans, and their families how to build wealth through personal finance, entrepreneurship, and real estate investing. I'm your host, David Perret, and together with my co-host, Alex Felice, we're here to be your no BS guides along the most important mission you'll ever embark on, your finances. You're cleared to depart friendly lines. Roger, Vic One, Oscar Mike. What's up, military millionaires? I'm your host, David Bray. I'm here with the one and only Alex Felice, as always. But today we have my friend Steve Jimenez on the show. And Steve is a Marine Corps veteran, uh, recently awarded the uh, intro. In- in- indoctrinated, introduced into <laughs> inducted. There's the word into the Texas hall of fame for entrepreneurs. Uh, he runs a awesome, awesome organization, a nonprofit hives for heroes where uh, we're, we're going to dig into what it does, but essentially it keeps vets from struggles uh, with bees, which is really cool. And well, Steve and I met at the go abundance retreat in Park City three weeks ago, but we've been talking before that because obviously as soon as we joined GoBundance, I was like, oh, you're a Marine. I'm a Marine. Let's talk. And uh, while we were there, I, I was really, I was kind of over overwhelmed by how passionate Steve was about this project. And it was just super cool. And so I was like, yep, we're getting you on the podcast because it's not real estate. It's different. It's cool. And you're not going to come on this show and just like pitch a bunch of crap. You're just going to talk and it's going to be awesome and people are going to love it. And here we are. Yeah, we're just going to have a great time. That's I the appreciate intro. The- I'm sure there's probably more to that intro than the fact that you're an entrepreneur and you sell honey, but... Um. You know, that's the most importantly, I'm a freaking dad of three amazing... ...ladies that are just kind of... Oh, your service just got... Dude, you're walking away from the Wi-Fi. Yeah, your service just <laughs> went wacky, wacky. I was gonna go. I was going to the bees. I was gonna oh. show y'all some bees, but then Wi-Fi didn't really want that to happen. So. You can show us honey. Next, yeah. Bee poop. Bee honey. As we were or... just talking, just got into uh, the CBD side um, here in the Texas area, and I was sharing with you that uh, one of my buddies, who's a Navy corpsman, was addicted to opioids, and any corpsman knows that it's readily accessible, and so he got off of that with. CBD and it basically saved his life. So now we have CBD honey at a thousand milligrams for four ounces, which is like unheard of. Really excited about that because it actually serves the community in which we serve. And as you know, I'm very passionate about saving bees and saving vets. Yeah. So uh, give us, well, I guess the, the, the five minute overview of Steve and your life and, and how did you get into, so I know Heist for Honey isn't your, isn't your first venture to my yeah. remembrance. So give us like the, the quick backstory on what got you to where you are. now. Yeah, for sure. So I grew up here in Houston, Texas, um, very like overachieving type, played three sports, sang in choir, all state, all sorts of stuff, right? I'm the guy that would sing the national anthem and then put on my mask and be the catcher, right? It was uh, kind of a cool experience. Um, grad- I went to Texas A&M, uh, graduated from there in 2006. So definitely a proud Aggie here in you know, College Station is kind of God's country to us, right? And then I uh, went to the Marine Corps. So had a had a good experience in the Marine Corps overall. Uh, deployed OEF, of course, came back. And my transition was not great. So very, very high achiever professionally. Um, worked with Eaton Halliburton. Did some amazing projects, met amazing people, um, and kind of 
um, elevated my level of professionalism, but my personal life was terrible. So coming back was, um, you know, the, the, the loss of purpose, um, the, the distance in my relationship and my marriage ended up transitioning into really a lot of, a lot of drinking, um, a lot of anger, a lot of, um, not really talking to anybody or being vulnerable and it ended up in a divorce, right? So ended up getting divorced and, and left Halliburton, started a consulting company that we did very well. And then, uh, started investing in, in single family homes and real estate here in the Houston area. And then again, uh, hit another point cause I wasn't really working on myself and, uh, hit a point where we, um, we closed down the company, um, diluted everything and hit another really, really hard spot until one of my friends invited me to uh, mess with some bees and it literally changed my life. He invited you to do what? To go mess with some bees? Yeah. You I had a, a stick I had a, at them and then you run away. It's yeah. great. Like, Hey, you should probably like come out to this event. And I was like, bees, like, why would I ever like go play with bees? Like, that's just ridiculous. And anyway, she, she invited me and I opened up these amazing creatures, you know, and just had the time of my life, to be honest. And what really occurred was the, the adrenaline that I had been seeking from, you know, being deployed or, you know, I'm sure people can relate whether it's combat or, or high training, there's like this anxiety, but adrenaline that you're always kind of looking for when you get back. And I did it specifically in um, like motorcycles, right? I would drive motorcycles really fast, really dangerous, really stupid. And um, when, when she had invited me to this, you know, you kind of, you get your gear, um, you're learning from somebody that knows what they're doing. So it's like a mentor mentee type um, environment. And then you're like seeing success. So I equate it to like trusting yourself, your gear and your buddies in a high anxiety high adrenaline, um, activity, following a, an amazing process that was already predefined and then buttoning that up for success and feeling that confidence again. And that's what changed my life. Yeah. What about the nature aspect? So a lot of the things that you said earlier, like really resonate with people right now. Um, you know, they, they, they have maybe high entrepreneurial lives. They have a high, high competency in life, but they have poor, you know, meaning, Mm -hmm. Um, and then their relationships fall to crap and then they, you know, they compensate with drugs and alcohol. Um, yeah. and a lot of that, uh, seems to be a lack of in, in engaging with nature. It's a great, that's a great observation. One, I, I think it was kind of a question and observation and I think it's, it's brilliant, right? So getting out into nature is getting out of yourself. You're seeing the beauty that is. Um, what, you know, whatever your beliefs are, whether it's higher power or God, whatever that looks like to you, mother nature. Um, but it's bigger than yourself. So you're able to literally get out of yourself, be active and get off of the couch, you know, drinking a, a handle a day of vodka, right? It's super, super important. And as you start doing that, you start questioning, or at least I started questioning, why do these little things work so well? Like how, how do these little creatures have such an amazing impact on myself, you know, physiologically? Um, how do they have such an impact on the environment? How do they actually work? And I started questioning these things and it actually turned into how the organization has grown so quickly because we grow like bees and, 
you know, in two years, we've grown to about 2,200 in the United States and 250 in Australia. 2,200 uh, what? Steve, 200 what? 2,200 veterans and, and mentors in, in the United States. So we also have 250 um, veterans and first responders in, in Australia. And it just continues to grow. I was, I was, telling, <laughs> I was telling David earlier that we closed um, nine refineries, Guggenheimer, um, the city of Laporte, and the city of Deer Park yesterday for contracts to do removals and rescues of bees in those local areas. Now that ends up turning into jobs for veterans. Like we, it's the, the things that we do are kind of weird, um, weird in the sense of they traditionally are not done. And we've just continued to like lever, like kind of lean in to what nature does for the veteran and then how that veteran can become um, more self-sufficient, more empowered, more confident through beekeeping. Yeah. So the, yeah, I love all that. Um, the other thing you mentioned was needing the adrenaline. This is... This is a known necess necessity for young males, some, some older males too. Uh, literally, <laughs> um, countries go to war to get rid of the stir crazy that they have within the populace. Uh, peace is, peace is, can be violent after a while. It's, uh, it's not good for humanity. So it's really interesting how you've been able to combine all these things and use it in a very productive way. I love that. Is it, uh, it's a 506, C, uh, it's a charitable yeah. organization? Yeah, 501c3. 501c3. Um, we do partnerships with pretty much anybody, uh, whether it's a corporation um, like Cisco Systems, Microsoft. Um, Technip FMC is one of our major, just really turns into family. When you're partnering for the right reasons and you're doing things in a really good way, like the return on investment is life. And it's fantastic because like the, the ERGs in the organizations in which we go to, which is an employee resource group, they typically have veteran employee resource groups. It's about 90% of the Fortune 500 companies um, have ERGs, one of which can be a veteran group. And so we go in and we'll provide um, not only apiary management, but we'll put bees on their corporate properties. It's fantastic. Um, and then start doing events for them, like honey bottling events or box building events or education pieces. And it really brings the companies closer together. They have activities that are super cool that are a little bit unique um, and we can span the entire United States. So you're dealing with the same organization and the same culture and not just dealing with, you know, one-offs um, rescues and removals also. And the craziest thing about, and y'all love this about real estate is that it becomes a tax write-off, right? So now you're over here either getting agriculture exemption for properties, or you're literally just writing it off on taxes as your charitable donation while still serving your community and allowing the bees to serve and pollinate and grow in those local areas, bettering your community every day. It's amazing. Well, and you're providing jobs to veterans. And, exactly. And Our, like the mental health aspect, right? Cause it gives them something to deal with every day. It's not just jobs to veterans. It looks like it, but what it really is, is purpose to veterans relationships in their areas that are healthy relationships, a low stress job, right? That you're out in nature, Alex, as you were talking about, you're out in nature, you're providing a service to others, which means you're giving back to your community. And so our goal is to have a hundred veterans uh, hired by the end of the year. And these are stretch goals, right? What is that, that big, hairy, audacious goal, right? 
So, you know, we want to be in that area where we're a hundred veterans, two per state, you know, is like full-time doing this and loving their life. They're becoming healthier, you know, uh, brothers and sisters and fathers and mothers because they're doing something that is low stress, provides an actual value into the community and they're getting compensated for it. Dude, this is, um, this hits on so many of the things that I've been, uh, not to, not to make it about me, but I've been talking about so many of these things recently where I find entrepreneurship to be so um, pigeonholed into you know money as success and they leave out um, purpose and meaning and they leave out all these, like they don't address a lot of cultural deficiencies that we have. Um, ones that you're, you're, you know, you're touching on a lot of them. So um, I don't know, it's making me really want to join GoBundance. <laughs> this was this was actually we're not even recording this is just a pitch yeah this, yeah, this, this is, is an intervention no we, um <laughs> so the six dollars is great and prior to that this is why i felt in alignment with it because prior to that it was we did five pillars we didn't call them pillars we called them just five areas but it was spiritual emotional mental physical and um, um oh gosh physical I, if i didn't say physical sorry physical spiritual financial um and uh, and mental so those were the five areas in which we focused. And I, I would have veterans live with me in my home, actually in the garage apartment, and they were either jobless or homeless, and we would get them back on their feet. But we would focus in those five areas because you have to be balanced, right? You can make all the money in the world, but be a miserable human being, right? Just, just complete garbage. And we don't want that from productive members of society. And those were the things that I struggled with which is why we can go and attack them in a, in a healthy way and make things better in a continuous level. Um, when you've experienced as much like crap or trauma or whatever, like uh, I think it was General Mattis that said, you should be a better father, a better husband, a better human being from the traumatic experiences in which you've had. And that's contrary to cultural belief. It's usually, oh my gosh, you've gone through a lot. Yes, you can act that way. And it should be the opposite. And we hold each other accountable in being healthy, productive human beings and good brothers and sisters to each other. Yeah. Well, we coddle each other in this country. Yeah. Every, everybody like everybody carries around uh, an, a diagnosis like it's an excuse rather than rather than, like you said, something to be to, to be able to use to help somebody else. I've never heard that before. Diagnosis as an excuse. I like that. I'll probably um, you should trademark that. No, I'm not going to do all the paperwork. Just pay me. Okay. Well, I have an IP. <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. Alex yeah. is now employed by every time Steve says. That's I'm good at I'm good at riffing off little whips like that. Um, no, really good. Uh, how can I um? How can I? How can I donate to you? Can I do that? Yeah, absolutely. So we have uh, hypesforheroes.com. All our information is on there. There's a donate button there. Um, you can look us up on Instagram and Facebook if you want to see the credibility and the things that we're actually doing. Like, go look at it, like it, share it. Um, you know, make it make it fun. This is more of a movement than anything else. I mean, we're we're literally changing the way people see um, things. We have created the largest network in the world of beekeepers in two years. Like this is a fundamental change in this, in this environment. And it's amazing. There's so many smiles all over the place. Um, but hivesforheroes.com has the links on there. Um, you can go to Instagram and it's on the link tree that's on there and you can donate directly there. Um, or just, you know, PayPal, like at Hives for Heroes, everything. Our, our, uh, our marketing and branding is 
on such a level that I, I am impressed and it had nothing to do with, you know, me. I mean, we've had amazing talent come through and you can do at Hives for Heroes on literally every platform and boom, it'll pop up. All right now. Uh, oh, sorry. What, one of the things that I want to do, I'm so sorry to steal your podcast, David. No, no, it's, um, it's one, of the, one of the things that I want to do this year when I'm, uh, I raise capital for big deals and I had this goal where every time I ask, um, when I raise capital for a deal, I'm going to ask somebody for an additional 1% and I'm going to, I'm going to give that to charity. And oh, so, so can I, and so I figure this year we're going to raise like $10 million. Um, if I can raise like an additional one or half a percent, that'll be a big win. Um, so can I send you a lot? Oh, absolutely. I would, I would like that personally though, to go like email to email and checks because of the processing fees, because obviously we know that we don't need to make PayPal more money. Yeah, no, no, I'm not. I'm not going to send you, <laughs> I'm not going to send you more than probably $500 through PayPal. Well, <laughs> man, I'm, I'm thinking out loud as Alex is talking about this side of things. One of the things that Climb Capital is very heavy in, in fact, probably their main thing going forward is RV parks, which is kind of cool because RV yeah. parks, I would imagine, could host a beehive. They could absolutely. So, like, who knows? Well, uh, you and Jeremy are go bros now, so we can we can have that conversation. Oh yeah, you hung, uh, yeah, Jeremy Hands is uh, you would you would recognize the face. We definitely had some some libations in Park City. <laughs> there were some moments there. Yeah, we kept shutting down the place because they were like, "We're going to close at nine tonight. You guys go away." <laughs> but. Oh, well. No, you're not. <laughs> um, okay, so not with extra George Washington. Yeah, <laughs> let's paint the picture. I am Dave. Wait, uh, George Washington is a one dollar bill. Oh, oh, my bad. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I thought that was the joke. I assumed that was the joke, and I was like, "All right, we're rolling yeah, here with this." You know, just sign this with your Herbie Hancock. <laughs> I love quoting old movies. By the way, it's like my favorite thing of just like. Being so off the wall, Chris Farley is one of my favorite, you know, um, Adam Sandler and Jim Carrey and all the stuff that I grew up with. And I, I still remember all their their lines, right? Like Ace Ventura. But anyway, totally off. You're really, you're really splitting our demo right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, okay. So I am Dave, the struggling veteran out of the Marine Corps. What is, paint the picture for me. What this looks like for me. How do I get involved? What is, am I? Am I? I don't understand, like, as though I don't, as though I haven't already had this conversation with you because I didn't know what I was doing and asked you all these questions. Uh, <laughs> so, like, what is, what is rescuing involved? What is, like, what is the beekeeping? Like, what am I, I don't know anything about bees. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's, you're actually the perfect candidate. So, um, what we've done is our staff has made it super, super simple to be able to get involved. The first thing that you do is go to highsforheroes.com and you'd file, uh, not file, gosh, I'm not, like, you know, secretary of state, but anyway, you go onto the application for either a newbie or a mentor. So in your case, you would go to the newbie one. You don't know um, anything about newbie. these totally good. So you'd go to the newbie one, you'd fill out that application. It's going to go into our database. What we're going to do on the administrative side is connect you with a mentor. That's hopefully within 30 miles of you, right? So within 30 miles of you, this gives you an opportunity to lower your cost of entry. So the barrier of entry is super low. We're going to ask you to purchase your hive, your suit and your gloves, but not before you talk to your mentor. They might have them available. They might not. You might want a different piece of gear. Depends on you. You will meet with that mentor and they will take you into their yard. 
which means you're not going to have the burden and responsibility of the lives of the bees on you for the first year. This is highly, highly important because you are going to increase your proficiency super fast within that first year. But if you did it on your own, you'd probably kill them or they'd abscond. They'd, they'd go away. What that's going to do is actually bring a lot of doubt into you. You're going to say, as I did in my backyard, when my first hive died was, damn, I can't even do this. Right. I was in a very depressed uh, standpoint back then. Right. So it's like, I can't even do this. Why, why do I exist? Why am I even here? So we want to eliminate that. And we want to connect you to somebody that knows what they are doing. And then in that second year, when those hives split, you'll be gifted from your mentor, that split hive or a nuke or a swarm that you have earned. Super important to understand that, that you have earned that through the work in which you put in with that mentor. And you're also at the same time, remember creating a relationship that you didn't have before which is fantastic in your community. Um, and then in that third year, we ask you to mentor. So be, this, be that person for somebody else and mentor the next one coming up. We're, get, we're into our third year and we have our first mentors that were newbies. It is so freaking cool. They're super excited. They're still involved and it's amazing. So essentially all you do is go to the website, sign up, we do everything else and you show up. That seems pretty simple. <laughs> and, and I will say, uh, you and I talked last week because I ran, called you out of the blue because I was riding along with a friend who was trying to tell me I should get a beehive. And uh, he said the exact same thing. He, he killed his first hive and, and felt terrible. So, uh, And from what I understand, having talked to a few people or, or heard a few people talk about this over the last couple of weeks, uh, killing your first hive is almost a rite of passage if you do it on your own. It seems to be a very common thing. It's very common and it's unfortunately extremely emotional. And if you're not in a right state to actually get that, I mean, think about like getting, and this is not by any means the exact metaphor, but thinking about getting a dog and then killing it. Like that's unheard of, right? Like that's ridiculous, but not to get that's kind of what podcast, but I've done that. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, it's not good. Um, not good. No. So that's like, that's the emotional experience in which you would do by yourself, probably in a state in which you are looking for relationships. So we, we've set it up very smartly. Um, the mentor network is the most amazing people that I've seen in my life. I went to Alabama and spoke at the state beekeeping conference. We had 38 unmatched newbies. Guess what happened that freaking day? 38 of them were matched. Awesome. They stepped up, man. You know, we will be in um, the same thing happened in Georgia. State beekeeping here in, in Texas was fantastic, super supportive. Um, we'll be in Nevada next week on the 23rd for their state beekeeping conference. There will be guests there, and I'll speak in front of typically, I speak in front of the keynote speaker and just let people know that we exist, right? We're there to get more mentors into the organization because I'd rather have a mentor wait for a newbie than a newbie wait on a mentor, right? It, it just makes logical sense. So we'll be in Nevada on the, the 23rd, 24th. Um, and then we'll be in, uh, let's see, March 5th is Nebraska. Um, yeah, Nebraska, which is massively cool. This is this has turned in from a, an idea from Kevin who just was like, hey, I'd like to do an event that turned into probably 20 or 30 sponsors and donors from all over the country um, that are big name brands 
And then literal beekeeping celebrities like Bob Benny and Ian Stepler and Cayman Reynolds and like amazing, amazing people that are like giving of their time um, and their talents and their, their, their heart to like support the organization. And we're just so, so grateful. And then May 21st, we'll be in San Diego for the first world bee day in the United States which I, I can't be more happy and thrilled to be there. Um, so we just have events kind of all over the place, but we're, we're so decentralized that all that matters in our organization is really one hive, one newbie, and one mentor. That's what we do well. Everything else is overhead. Everything else is just trying to figure out how to do that really well. If you can't tell, uh, Steve is absolutely not passionate about this at all. You can't. <laughs> You get them going and it's just like, oh my gosh, bees. Uh, I have myself fairly convinced I'm getting a hive soon. So uh, I actually, um, I, it, to me, it's, it's very interesting. Your passion obviously sells this, but I think, you know, when we, when some, I'm listening to you and it seems um, obvious and other people are going to listen to this show and they're going to, it's going to seem obvious, but I really do think that you're not talking, you're talking about something that we don't talk about on this show very often. And nobody really in my social, I'm the one in my social group that talks about a lot, which is like purpose and meaning. And it's not, um, it's hard to put an ROI on that. And um, it's hard to put a, it's hard to put a value ROI on that, but the return, right. The quality of life is actually way more than anything money could bother could come, come near. It's right. It's, it's far more valuable than money, but it's really hard. I think to sell that, especially in a headline or a quick pitch or a blog post or you know, it's just, I find it to be hard to sell that. And so I think people don't do it that much. Um, but, you know, listening to you, it sounds obvious, but it's really, um, it doesn't happen that much. So I find it to be a very, I don't really know if I have a question so much. It's just a very interesting insight to, like I said, listening to Steve, you're like, this is, this is obviously something he's passionate about. And I, and it, I'm getting hyped and I want to, I want to participate. But generally the things that people want to uh, sell, like you're selling this are profitable ventures. Yeah. And, and, and beekeeping can be profitable, but it's only going to be profitable at scale. Um, and so we get to do that as a collaborative. So we're basically a massive collaborative that gets to um, support each other. Right. So think about, think about a world where somebody that has everything, knowledge, resources, experience, expertise, freely gives that to somebody that has nothing in that area. They become friends and quite often from what we've seen, this isn't data driven. This is just my heart and what I see with my eyes is that they become business partners. They support each other without conflict and they end up maybe starting another company or they do our Memorial Hive lots where it is a community shared lot and they start doing things together. Um, one, of our, one of our newbies last year went from zero hives to being mentored by one individual to then mentoring two others, to then one of the other ones mentoring three while he was doing removals and rescue, serving the community and started his own hive or his own honey company and has 64 hives all in a year. And, and by the way, honey is a fairly profitable venture. Like those yeah. hives, like 64 hives, like, there's some pretty solid passive income that can come from that. I mean, it, you know, it's not entirely passive, but I mean, it's not like you're the one flying the bees around. And it's cool because it's hyper local, right? 
Like you get to be in your community, serving your community. That is so cool. See, we take the administrative burden. We're not trying to get into your business. We're actually, we're trying to encourage you to be self-sufficient, right? We want you to be outdoors. We want you to have a better relationship with your spouse. We want you to have a better relationship with your kids, to be active, to, we say, get out of the, um, get out of the bar and into the bee yard, right? That to us is what's important. So when you talk about measuring ROI, our ROI is connections, Who's, who's connected to each other. It's really hard to put a price tag on it. I can, I can tell you it's about a thousand per year per veteran in order to do this. Guess what? I don't care. Like, let's go make $10 million. Fantastic. But guess where that's going? That's going to connections. That's going to purpose. That's going to the relationships. That's going to increasing the bee population so we can have a healthier planet. So we maybe start influencing policy and get herbicides, pesticides, and fungicides out of these local areas, which are commonly used, which shouldn't be used, which kill our bees. Those are the things that matter to us. So, you know, when it comes to dollars, we only use dollars as resources. If you have a truck and you want to give us a truck, we don't need the dollars to buy a truck. Awesome. You see what I'm saying? It's about uh, I'm, I, I'm not, I, I don't want you to, sound, I don't want to sound like I'm advocating for the dollar. I'm advocating for the same thing you are. I'm saying yeah. it's, it's, it's a harder sell than you make it sound. Cause you're so you're just gushing. With passion. <laughs> and so like for you, it sounds easy and people listen, they might sound, it might sound easy, but it's not very common, which means I know it's not that easy because a lot of people agree with you. And, you know, and I agree with you where it's like, there's a lot more value in the life um, beyond money, a lot more, most of it. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. The, the overwhelming majority of it is comes from, like you said, connections, um, nature, um, meaning purpose. Uh, but to you, it, when you say it like this, right, it sounds obvious, but the fact that uh, I don't think people are selling it, you know, purpose that often, uh, I've just, it's a very interesting uh, insight. And it's funny that you, you don't notice, I don't think, because you're just, you are gushing, which I love. It's a compliment. It's a total compliment. Well, definitely didn't mean to, to, to like think that you were talking only about the dollar. I just wanted to make sure that we are kind of on the same page. Like, yeah. I love in nature. I love that that is a thing. I love that David's like, shoot, I should get a hive. Hell yeah, you should. Right? Like these are things that should be normalized. And I think that's kind of where you're going with this. This should be a normal conversation. Having bees on a rooftop in downtown Houston should be normal. Like, why is it not? We can support that, right? Why, why is it not normal for a corporate entity? And, and again, I was talking about Technip FMC and Guggenheimer, which are amazing partners. They have these in their mission statements, but when they found us, they were like, holy crap, like y'all really do it. Like, this is like a, you actually do all the things that are on our, on our mission board. Right. And we're like, you know, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And they're like, oh crap, this is going to be good. So when we talk about who we are, I think it's, I think it's just it's extremely important for everybody in the organization to understand we save bees and save bets. That's the bottom line. If it doesn't go to that, it doesn't belong in our organization. The other thing is the healthy transition from service through purpose and relationships. That's our mission right there. So we have our slogan, we have our mission, right? And we're only going to do things and we, we empower people purposely. We want you to get out involved and you can be as creative as you want, as long as it's legal, moral, and ethical. And if you have to ask yourself if it is, it's not. So 
we're a very, very simple organization. And I think that's why we've resonated with a lot of people and we're able to scale on the way that we have. Yeah. It's, it's crazy because like when you're in the service, right? You're like, Oh yeah, no, everybody else struggled with transition. That's not going to be me. Um, shoot. I, I had even convinced myself that like, because I had this brand and I had a purpose behind this brand, I was going to be golden. And I mean, Alex knows me better than most. You can tell I have, it has not been as smooth as I thought. Now I think it's been a lot smoother than it would have been had I not have had something to, you know, like a purpose that I was pushing for day in, day out, whatever that kept me, you know, but man, every veteran I talked to who's gotten out has struggled with the fact that your identity was military. It's gone. You were serving something greater than yourself. You don't anymore. And then you like, you get out of the military and you're like, now what? <laughs> it's like, and it, it hurts. It's not an easy thing to come back from. So like, as we're talking about like the dollar sign is great, but the purpose and driven, like, uh, have you, have either of you read the book wild at heart? Mm-hmm. No, I've read that. Man, I love that book. It's all about very similarly to this. Like you need adventure and nature. And like, there's this like calling to be more and, um, I just love everything about this. This is exactly why we wanted to have you on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great. Like, uh, you know, like Ron, Ron Ray's the guy that I was talking about up in Indiana, um, who's done just such an amazing job. RK Theory is his new company, right? And his, his, his uh, mentor is Bill Wren. We're not an only military organization. A lot of our mentors are civilians and they want to give back, which is fantastic because it provides a healthy transition, of course, through assimilation. And not just isolating yourself from the in the military community and doing the same crap that you were doing the entire time, right? Um, which turns into, hey, I don't really feel that good. Let's meet at the bar. Let's drive home drunk. Let's get a DUI. You know that ends up happening, right? Can we kind of set ourselves up for failure in that in that case? Um, but but digging deeper and going back to the root, right? We want to go back to suicide prevention, right? Real suicide prevention, real activity, which means you know, us getting onto uh, here this spring onto Fort Hood, one of the largest military institutions in the country, which has the uh, Warrior Training Battalion on there, right? And then we have um, Camp Atterbury is just another one that happened in Indiana with Ron Ray. So like Charles is taking over kind of day-to-day operations for our organization and he's a retired colonel. Guy's amazing. He loves people. He, he, he would never leave somebody behind. That's who he is. That's where that goes. Ron is just so high energy and he's like, they just, they're just letting me put bees on Camp Atterbury. Great. But they're not letting you put bees on Camp Atterbury. They're letting hives for heroes, right? We always have to make sure that the institution is higher than self. And so as we continue to move towards that direction, um, by no means was he being selfish. He was just excited, right? And so we just always have to keep that forward of the organization is much larger than any individual, but the individual makes the organization. And when we're starting to get into active duty bases, there's a reason for it active duty members have PTSD as well, right? They're just not out yet. So when they go, uh, when they come back and there's a high level of domestic abuse, a a high level of alcoholism, a high level of of drug usage, et cetera, let's catch it before they get out and then have a community and a safety net in when you PCS or you home a record move or whatever. Now you have hives there with your buddies that you might not have even known yet that can help you through that transition, right? It's, it's, a, it's a longer thought process than just bees and bats. It's how do we actually prevent something 
and how do we make the world a better place? Yeah. And I'm on your website right now. Uh, it's really easy to engage with this. So anybody who, you know, it's easy to just be curious and go make some clicks and kind of, kind of get this. It seems like it's easy to get this process started, which I love, which is the point. <laughs> yeah. There's like, like right on the homepage, it's like, you know, join or donate, right? Like there's, there's really only two options in an organization. Okay. Uh, I guess you could partner too, but typically those are higher level conversations. And like I said, we have like a process for that. We'll go, we'll go through and, um, you know, we want to train your staff. We want it to be an experience for the organizations that are doing this. So, you know, with, with corporates, for example, um, we'll go in and do a honey bottling event after you extract the honey. If you want to, we'll bring enough suits or you can buy the suits or whatever that looks like. So the people on your staff can come in and go, this is so cool. <laughs> like we have uh, the Guggenheimer guys did it yesterday and they were in immediately. So Technique FMC was our, our, our initial client. And then Guggenheimer was like, done, national, done. When, you know, when can you be in Google? Right. Like it was like to, because they experienced it. It, it, it changed their perspective and they got to see what bees do, how they react and how that impacts the organizational culture, right? If you can care more, man, that makes for a really good organization. What's the, what's the stretch goal? How big are you going to get? And so it's, it's continuously, um, it's continuously moved. I think we talked previously, um, you know, GoBro stuff and, you know, that was like a million dollars. And I was like, Oh my gosh, will we ever make it to a million dollars? And, you know, let's build a retreat. That's like Connex boxes everywhere. So we like feel comfortable. And now, uh, you know, 90 to 95% connection rate, right. Um, we don't concern ourselves about numbers, like how many people are in the org, because literally this whole organization is built for one person. If that changes that person's life, we have succeeded, period. So then we just scale it, right? It's, it's, it's a very simple thing. So we don't concern ourselves with numbers of people in the organization um, and, and kind of a storefront. That was kind of their, their things. Things have shifted to, no, we will have a storefront by the end of the year. So people can experience that in the city of Houston and come from wherever they want to in order to do so. They can do honey tasting. They can cut their own comb. They can you know, buy products and merchandise from there and experience that with their families. Um, we had a high net worth individual come in and did it with him, it was him and his two daughters. And he's like, I can't even pay for this. This is the best thing in the world, right? Like, you have been able to give us something that we could not get for ourselves. The guy's a high, very high net worth individual. He could buy anything he wants. It was the experience that mattered. Um, next thing is like a $10 million so that we can start funding. I mean, by the time you get to the, the payments in which we want to do for a hundred veterans, you're already talking about 7 million or so. So 10 million is really not that much uh, money. And then a national retreat where people can come from all over the country uh, learn beekeeping in a safe, comfortable environment. Um, that's really, really high end. I want veterans to walk into there and say, wow, this is for me. That's the experience. That's the feeling that we want instead of freaking doing everything we did in the Marine Corps, which was all, let's do the best with what we got. <laughs> like I'm over that. Um, and then, you know, that's still that 95% connection rate. That's the most important thing we do. Everything in this organization is about connecting, matching people, that's literally our only function. We just do other ancillary things to fund it. Yeah. And, and for the record, while we're, we're talking about this, just so people don't get the wrong idea, like 
we're talking millions of dollars. Steve doesn't make any money from this. Like Steve is not taking a paycheck from this. Steve is, this is a, a charitable organization. So this is not like Steve is making $10 million. This is like the company is yep. generating this revenue to reinvest into helping service members and vets. That I couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you for clarifying that. Cause that's 100% accurate. Yep. Yep. I got goosebumps, bro. This is hyping me up. <laughs> <laughs> I told you Steve is the shit. Yeah. You pick. Yeah. This is the best guest you've ever had. That you've ever picked. I I agree because I had you on and yeah. So. Yeah, I'm a l- low bar. <laughs> um, no man, I mean I the, I think it was the first night at, in Park City. Steve and I were just sitting on a bar stool over a beer talking, and this man was so high. There was like a freaking crowd of people around talking about bees, and I was like, I don't know anything about bees, but this is amazing. It was like a three hour conversation. It's like holy crap, the like because he, he just. Gushing, I guess, is the word, but you know, radiates just passion about, and it's about something that it it's cool because, like you said, you've got a mentor and a mentee, and they're going to work together and they're going to better the community. And like, at no point in this organization, you don't, like, you don't, you don't go, man, I'm going to buy a beehive to make a whole bunch of money. You like, it's all about service. So everybody is super willing to help and and be open to each other and, and you're helping the community. And, um, you know, I mean, it's just cool. And bees, the, the more I learn about bees, uh, they're pretty cool too. <laughs> so I, I got two, uh, kind of off the wall questions. One, um, where's my damn honey. You sent <laughs> David some no, no, honey. I didn't, get, I didn't any get any either. honey. So no honey. I didn't get any honey yet. Okay. Well, I'll make sure you get my address too. <laughs> yeah. This is about, this is about me. You were talking about, obviously I'm like, yeah, we t- I totally should have done that. These are things like as a young organization, the, the foundations are still like, okay, how do we standardize that? I mean, y'all know systems and processes, right? This is how you scale organizations. And so being two years old, it's been, you know, a handful of people and we purposely want others to not have to do a lot, right? We just want you to be a beekeeper and enjoy it have fun with a new friend. Like at the end of the day, that's what we do. So on the admin side, we're like, okay, how do we make that into a process? Which this now becomes another process, right? It's like, Hey, when you're invited onto a podcast, send these people, honey. <laughs> yeah. I could have been eating it. Yeah. On product- the show. Um, the second question I have is probably really closely tied to this whole, um, to your whole organization is when you guys were in park city, it sounds like all the veterans sort of gravitated towards each other. And that's what happened when we were in um, New Orleans for bigger pockets. It was, you know, everybody hanging out. And then by the end of the night, it was the five veterans closing down the bar. Um, <laughs> I can give you, I can give you a lot of reasons that I think that, why do you think that happens? Um, David, you want to take it? You want me to do it? All you, you first, and then I'll just Man. disagree. And so I would say, um, uh, shared hardships is my first, my first thing. Um, community happens in pain. Oftentimes, if you ever see traumas or hurricanes or things of that nature, like Houston came together so amazingly, um, after Harvey. And I just think like when you share something like that, that you are, um, reliant, uh, in a lot of cases on other people. Um, there's the joke that goes around with like, you know, guys are sitting in a bar, you have air force, Navy, you know, everybody's talking crap about each other. A civilian walks up and says the same thing. You're like, uh, uh-uh, you don't say that to my brother. 
it's, it, it just is like when you experience those types of things, even if it's just training, by the way, you don't have to deploy or you don't have to be a special forces. You don't have to like, you know, be an operator and like, you know, kill Osama bin Laden, right? Like you just, you sign the dotted line and that's enough, right? You, you were willing to put your line, your life on the line to, to leave your family, to leave your home uh, in order to serve something bigger than yourself and trust the, the guy or girl to the left and right of you. That's a big fucking deal. So at the end of the day, I think, you know, when you experience things like that, it just happens. I want to know where you've been. I want to know what you've done. I want to see what we have additionally in, in common. Like we're both Marines, but we've had different, very different military experiences. And that's okay. Because we all know what it's like to go through it. <laughs> you, earned, you earned it, right? Um, and with, you know, any other branch, we're always going to joke, right? army well you know i'll be i'll say something like oh you straight leg that's pretty cool freaking you know fodder you know or whatever <laughs> you know it's 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 fun and hey again, i'm offended by that remark <laughs> but it's so much fun right like you used to call the navy taxi drivers now they're uber drivers it's it's they're the the, the best global uber and you know it's it's pretty cool but they're all at the end of the day our brothers and sisters yeah i i think that's a pretty i mean so the, the closest, when I think back through 13 years of active duty, the closest I've ever been with a platoon was the platoon that like, I mean, depending on who you talk to, right? The, the, the real answer is it's the platoon that I got hazed the most in, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it is the platoon where we suffered the most hardship, the most intense training and went through the most crap together that still to this day, and that was year two in the Marine Corps is the closest I've ever been with a group of people while in the military. And I, I longed for that the rest of the time I was in and it was still awesome. But I think the, the shared like hardship, like the experience of having been through boot camp or a deployment or, or just freaking eating MREs for 40 days, like pooping in a bag. Uh, yeah. I think some of that, I, yeah, I like, I like that. It's like, the, it's the same reason that a, a football team is close because they got the crap beat out of each other together for a couple months. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question though. Yeah. Well, I think about it, you know, every time we go to these conferences, it ends up being, it happens every time. And I, you know, your answer is probably the same as my answer, shared, shared trauma and shared values. Uh, and, you know, you have, you have a unique life experience that people don't, understand and so you seek out somebody to you know understand your background a little better and so yeah military it's like okay we all kind of got the gist of you know that was a giant pain in the ass we all went through it we can we can all complain about it together you know that kind of thing <laughs> yeah I think the other thing too is you can you can be yourself like I, I never know if something i'm gonna say is gonna be taken you know, the right way, the wrong way or whatever, when I'm around a group of people who weren't in the military, but if I'm in the military, it's like, even if I say the most like off the wall thing or messed up thing or whatever, like people are going to laugh, but nobody's going to be like bothered enough to like, not talk to you again. Like it's, I don't know. It's like, I can literally just say, do and be whatever. And yeah. it's not necessarily a judgment free zone, but it's a whole lot more judgment free than when I'm roaming around in Missouri. Military definitely has thicker skin, but I will say this for those that don't know David as well as I do, because we've been friends for a long time now, a lot of conferences, a lot of hanging out in person. He says some stuff that makes me cringe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. uh, you know. So, so yeah, he's definitely gonna hang out with the the army folk, the military folk. <laughs> yeah, it is what like it is. I'm, I'm not safe for public consumption. Yeah, America and freedom and shit. That's why I built a brand where I can say the fuck word on podcasts and be like, <laughs> "Cheers." Not for uh, break break glass only in case of emergency. <laughs> Always, oh man. Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited about what y'all do and 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 the viewership that y'all have grown and and all the the information that goes out and it gives people the opportunity to see different different perspectives um, and then create their own identity and I think that's super powerful. Um, we do that at Hypes for Heroes where it, I don't care who your mentor is, you're going to learn from so many other people as well. Um, we have a Facebook group page that we support each other, similar to y'all, right? Facebook group page, and you're like, hey, I have a question. Hey, here's some unsolicited advice, <laughs> although it's solicited. Um, but it's like, hey, we're here to support each other. We're here to, you know, become better people, um, and that's pretty pretty amazing. But you get to create your identity in beekeeping. That's super important. It's super powerful to have your personal experience and not have to necessarily follow the leader, but see the guides that have like gone before you and say, Oh, I kind of like that. Oh, I don't really like that. I really like that. Um, because oftentimes, especially in the military, our, our independence or our individuality is stripped. So we kind of have to like get that back. Yeah. The decentralized kind of process or uh, structure really makes it appealing where you're like, you're part of something bigger than you, but it's not all consuming. You still get to be you. Yep. Yep. And you know, we, we started out in group settings, you know, it just doesn't work. Um, People, you know, they, it, people think that it's going to be more efficient if a beekeeper is training like 10 people, for example. The problem is, is the loud guy like me is going to take all the attention, ask all the questions. Yep. And, and then the quiet person's literally going to quietly walk away. And it's of no fault of their own. It's no fault of mine. It's who we are. But the, the attention isn't there. And that's what you were seeking. And, and that's how it could fail. So what we do very well, again, is keep to that one like peer-to-peer mentor, like advisory type role, but friend, right? They don't know it. The mentors don't know everything. They're not like, you know, have a crown on their head and like walk around and, and say, you know, I, I am the end all be all. It's like, hey, come check out what I do. If you like it, cool. If you don't, that's cool too. But we're going to do this together this year. There are a lot of people in our culture right now that are suffering in silence. I talk to a lot of them. I actually make try most of my content these days is geared towards this problem where people are, you know, their egos are getting, they're, they're, they're getting isolated by social media and they don't realize it because it feels social. Um, you know, it, it's sort of harder to make friends after 25. Um, especially if they're, if you're military, you probably moved and you don't live where you grew up. So you're in like a, you don't have the, the social structure that you, ingrained in the, in the place that you live like you would if you grew up there and um so people get uh isolated and you know it's there's lots of egos um involved and it's just hard to go out there and say i'm gonna go i guess make friends make a friend and so i love oh, yeah. that this is one-on-one because you can go and you can say hey i'm gonna go do this thing and i'm i'll go get hey maybe that person isn't gonna be my best friend but man you got a good shot because now you have um, everything that really meaningful relationships require, which is like, you know, a, a aspect of community purpose. Um, and you know, I, I usually use the term like traditions, but you need to have an activity to do together. And so yeah. this is like a really good shot for people who are 
and I know many of them actually, uh, and they are suffering in silence and they think they're the only ones and they feel isolated and alone in our culture. And a lot of it is for a lot of the reasons that we're talking about. And this is a really appealing way for you to go on the internet, you know, find somebody local and say, look, I don't know anything about bees and maybe I don't care, but maybe I do. Let me go. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, maybe this is cool. I mean, let me go see. And so I, I really encourage anybody who is having this problem that I, I call it loneliness, isolation. They don't, it might not always feel that way, or that might not be the way, the way you would describe it. But there's a lot of people who are having this problem of their loss of meaning, loss of community, loss of um, deep, meaningful connections. And this seems like a really good way to solve a lot of those problems with one email. And so I just, I really want to encourage anybody who is having this problem to, to check this out. Yeah, you just, you just hit a lot. <laughs> like that was like some deep stuff right there as well, but you hit a lot. Um, we are in a cancel culture right? You can say the wrong thing one time and all of a sudden, like, you're like, whoa, I didn't even mean it that way. The context is key as well, right? Or um, the suffering silence is a, is a really big thing because you consider it weakness and that nobody else is doing it, just like you'd said. So the, the, the true strength comes out when you do reach out and, and you, you, you know, you send that text or you get on that, on, you know, on Hives for Heroes or you get on any support network that's really there for you. I'm not talking about bull, like bullshit support networks, um, you know, because one of the other things that I learned from like that, that movie, uh, Social Dilemma, which I highly encourage people to watch, is that we're the most connected yet the most disconnected we've ever been. And that is a tough statement to like really breathe in um, all the access in the world, all the information in the world. Yet, you know, you're you feel alone. So like you said, another human, human contact, a way to, to, to truly connect with not only somebody else, which is fine, but really connect with yourself and connect with nature is, is hugely important. Yeah. Uh, the internet is fake and yep. everybody's lying and it feels social. And you know what? This is why I've actually done very well um, on the internet because I sort of treat it as theatrics. But the, the, key, the key component to the internet is that I go off and I meet all these people that I make friends with. I meet them in person. And then the internet then becomes something where it's like, yeah, it's fake when you're online, but then when you meet somebody in real life, now it's real. And yeah. so if you only have the one component though, if you only have the internet, you only see somebody's highlight reel. That's correct. And then you're like, oh, I'm not doing as good as them. And I don't actually, you know, they're not going to tell you online. They're like, yeah, but you know, I hate my wife. Or yep. my kids hate me, or I feel terribly alone as well, or it's a flat out lie, whatever the case, right? There's lots of stuff going on behind the scenes. And um, even the people with best intentions who aren't lying are lying by omission by accident because you can't share everything. And nobody wants you to hear you go online and tell all your woes anyway. So yeah. it's a really interesting little dynamic. And then I actually just wrote a whole big piece about this. Um, you know, there's no, there's no church. People don't go to church that much anymore. So there's no like, I mean, I'm not a religious fellow, but there's no community there's no dedicated community anymore. So it's just really easy to get isolated, really easy to get isolated. Yeah. With a, with a cancel culture, it only, it's only a matter of time till you're canceled as well. Right. So the same person that's trying to cancel people eventually is the one that gets canceled, which I just think is ironic and hilarious. Um, but you're right on the, on like that church aspect, um, the connection pieces that are there, because that's, again, I think you said it earlier, shared values. So whether it's church or anything else in which you're involved in, it's the value piece that you can connect to and with uh, for a larger piece. And as humans, 
we strive and value for relationships. We want um, connection. We're not isolated creatures. So, man, you, you're dropping some wisdom here. I love it. Yeah, I'm not actually that good at real estate. Uh, I read a lot of philosophy. <laughs> um, the, the cancel culture, though, you know what's interesting about cancel culture is it's very hard to do it in person. It's really easy to do it online. Like, like no, nobody who hangs out with me in person is going to cancel me. They're like, oh, okay, Alex, I, I can look at you and apologize. On the internet, things get taken, you know, they just, stuff gets run with. And so I don't know what's going to happen with the internet. It's, you know, it's a new phenomenon. It's a new phenomenon. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with it, but I have a tendency to feel like it's going gonna, it's gonna to drive people to more local relationships. And so I think you're, you're definitely ahead of the game on that. I agree with that. Have you ever texted somebody and you're like, have a good day? And they're like, oh, that was rude. You're like, what? I just said, have a good day. And they're like, yeah, but you said like, oh, have a good day. And I'm like, what? Dude, I have gotten into so much trouble with my wife over the years. <laughs> she answers a question and I'm like, wait, what's wrong? And she's like, what do you mean? Like, I said I would go to dinner. Like, you said, sure. Like, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that means I'll go to dinner. I'm like, oh, well, that's not, you know, it's like, yeah. Oh George, my gosh. George, that wasn't very excited. I'll tell you that. <laughs> that's, that's I like, actually... Literally, I actually, like the last weekend, I was like, we. It didn't seem like you really wanted to go though, and she's like, "I do," and I'm like, "Oh," and it, this is like me being a total like whiny girl, but I'm like, it, it, like I took the text and it was like, oh. <laughs> so yeah, it's funny you say that. <laughs> like, oh, uh, happens. I actually have some really good advice for this, and I've been able to mostly solve this problem for you guys. You ready? I'm rude to everybody most of the time. <laughs> And then so nobody ever has to worry about where I'm coming from. You know, most of the time yeah. when I text somebody in the blue, I'm like, what's up? What's up, idiot? Or, hey, how you doing? <laughs> Ugly. <laughs> and so we really, really, really ripped that bandaid right off. That's so funny. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's one of those just weird things. Text is like the worst form of communication, yet we do it all the time. Like everything can be misconstrued. Anything can, you know, have like, essentially when I read a text, what I've learned from myself is I'm reading in the tone in which I'm feeling. Right. So if you say sure, and I'm in a good mood, I think sure exclamation point, smiley face. But if I'm not in a great place, I'm thinking sure, like dot, 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 little emoji that does like the hands up and a middle finger, like, <laughs> like, it kind of really depends on the emotion in which like I'm experiencing, which is actually called projection. Um, but anyway, you're like thinking of how you are feeling, which is kind of unfair, but we do it all the time. I actually love text. Um, I don't, I like voice the least phone calls. Like if you try to, I'm never going to pick up the phone. Uh, I'd like, I like video for the exact same reason you're saying now. It's like, I can, yeah. I can, you know, you say something that sounds like it's pissing me off, but you're laughing like, oh, all right, we're cool. Like I'm I can read your body language. Yeah, I would definitely say like on my side, I'm not a phone person either. I'm, I'm, I'm in one in person, like, boom, like number one, top notch, no matter what. Right. Um, secondary would be probably that video piece. Tertiary would be text and voice is really my last one. I think that, and maybe y'all are familiar with this. We talk so much already in our livings, in our, um, in our normal everyday experiences, but I'm just kind of tired. And that doesn't have anything to do with the person on the other end of the phone. I just, you know, it, that's the only kind of me time that I would have. And, and now it's kind of getting taken up and I'd rather just shoot a quick text and say, no, I'm feeling great. Don't worry about it. I, 
I actually, I've been doing a lot of, and I'm sorry, I've been leaving myself muted for the last while. I've got the worst hiccups in the world. So hopefully they <laughs> leave me alone for a minute. Um, I do a lot more uh, like voices, uh, voice message. So instead of like, if I'm trying to convey something that is like, a, you know, hey, here's some feedback or, or, or something meaningful, I will do like a, a voice, like an audio text so that it doesn't get misconstrued uh which is kind of a weird one though because it's like well it's super efficient for me to do that if someone sends me an audio back i'm like oh i'll listen (laughs) to that that's like i'll listen to that when i'm doing nothing it's like it's so much easier to read so it's it's weird like i only do it if it's like man this might get misconstrued let me say it. i also use a lot of gifs a lot of gifs i could have full conversations in in gifs and memes I hate that so much. Wow. Damn millennials. Yeah, I'm like, man, here's another Chris Farley coming out. Like, yeah. I find this all fascinating, just the way that people communicate differently. And then also you had mentioned um, you know, burnout with conversation. I think, you know, I'm a hyper off the charts extrovert. Um, I get energy from people. And if I probably spent 22 hours in a day with people and I had two hours of downtime, I could do that long. I could do that. I could sustain that. Like I could be around people for the vast majority of my time. And I understand that that's not everybody. And so that's the also the risk you run when you communicate with this like 24 hour a day communication window, you're going to yes. hit somebody and they're like, I just, I don't want people right now. Yep. And you know, me, I'm like 6am I'm texting you. And in 1am I'm texting you. <laughs> Well, there's like some really cool assessments. Like DISC is a really cool one that if you know DISC, you can read others very quickly. It's it's different than, you know, like a Myers-Briggs. It's pretty complicated. It's just, it's super quick. You take like the top two that you're kind of feeling and you're like, okay, cool. And I can under, if I know it well, I can now treat you better, right? I can honor you as a person by understanding a little bit more about you at a quick level. The other thing that I really like, so that's a DISC piece. Um, the other thing that I really like is the five love language, uh, lo- love languages. And that's really, really cool for like spouses and, and people that are, that are, that are close and intimate. It can still be used for friend friendships, but it's really cool to understand what their love language is. Like I am quality time and physical touch. That's who I am. So if you get me a gift, I will like almost like be like, why did you do that? If I wanted a gift, I could afford it. I'll go buy it. Right. But like my mom, for example, she sees a gift as I was thinking of you and this is, you know, at that time, and this is what I thought. And here's this, or like acts of service. She loves cooking. That's how she shows her love. But if we're not, you know, talking about that, then I'm like, Oh God, I got all this crap. And she's like, man, he doesn't even care. Right. And that's a mother son relationship, but it's the same thing with, you know, like a spouse, right? Somebody's doing the dishes and the other one doesn't care. And you're like, man, look how good I did. I did the dishes. I did it for you. That was so cool. And they're like, yeah, but you spend no time with me. My, uh, my girlfriend's love language is gift is re- she likes receiving gifts and I'm awful at it because I'm like, oh. yeah, I'm like, I don't care about gifts. Oh. And like compliments. What is it? Um, uh, words, words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. That's, that's one. Of oh mine. my God. Yeah. Give me a compliment. I'm like, stop wasting your breath. I don't want to hear it. Stop sh- sucking up. I don't want to hear that. Um, but so with Kate, all I got to do is I give her, um, Ooh, you know what? Like I just bought this little mini camera. And so I'll give her pictures of us. Oh, nice. Yeah. Right. And dude, she melts. That's great. That's and great. I'm like, but if I didn't know that, right. I'm like, okay, it's not my strong suit, but I can like do, 
I can lean into it. So I love that you said that. Yeah, it's really not the, it's not the, what the gift is. It's the intent behind the gift. And that's where some of these get a little misconstrued. By the way, David, you are beautiful. Um, oh, see, favorite guy ever. So I, that's. Well, we know Steve's a liar now. Like, <laughs> it doesn't like, matter. It's better than saying, sure. <laughs> it's like physical touch, right? People think it's just sex. That has nothing to do with it. On a, on the, on the way it's described, it's like, you know, you can touch somebody on the shoulder and what they're actually thinking is, wow, they see me, right? I am seen. That is powerful. Um, like the gift, like you said, that doesn't cost anything. You're, it's, you're not going and buying, you know, like my, I'm, a, I'm adopted. My birth mother's garbage. And so um, she got me like a toolbox to like make up for the 26 years she wasn't around. Like, screw you. I can afford a toolbox. And you can't make up for lost time. Again, quality time, physical touch, and you want to buy me something to make up for it? That's that's literally ridiculous. Yeah, but if you liked gifts, then it would have worked. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm making I'm making a joke. Sorry. <laughs> it may have. It's a really nice toolbox. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, all those things have meaning, man. Those are super important to like not misconstrue. People get into therapy and they become therapists. And you're like, whoa, like, calm down. Just because your therapist said that or you saw it on TikTok one time, like, you are not a therapist. Like, calm down. So uh, I, I don't know DISC that well. I know the Myers-Briggs pretty well. And I, I, I've, I mess with my friend Shelby. I call it um, pseudoscience. It is kind of pseudoscience, but it is useful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The other one I like is Big Five. Have you, have you looked into that one much? I don't know Big Five. I'll, I'll look at that one. Yeah, because it's really social science and behavior, right? So when you look at behavioral trends, like, uh, like I've hired a lot of people, right? I'm sure y'all have as well. And probably a lot of the people on these calls, but we hire behavior based. I really don't care what your past is. I don't care like what super special skill you have, because I know that if you're a good person and you can walk into an area with energy and an open mind, we can train you anything. You can't train somebody to be a good person, right? If you're not, you're just screwed, but I can train you anything if you're willing. And, and, you know, at Halliburton, I used to say, um, just show up on time and give a shit. We'll take care of everything else. This was the, uh, Ray Dalio's, uh, first book principles was that, that idea where it's like, just create an organization where you put people into the job that it requires that personality type for. And so it's like, if you got a big picture person, don't put them into a menial, you know, details oriented job, uh, yeah. Not, so I, I like all those things. Oh, so sorry. Good. No, no, you're good. I just said, I'm never going to be an accountant. Like it's not going to happen. Yeah. I'm a big picture visionary and I did a uh, bank underwriting for a long time and I liked what I learned, but I also, you know, had to hulk out on my, on my coworkers every once in a while and, and have a shit for it. <laughs> yeah. But you bring up a good point, right? You're in a position, look at it as an opportunity to learn and then you can lead. Right. If you don't learn something, there's no way that you can lead it. Um, pretend like I'm like a guy that's never beekeeped ever. Yet you grow an organization like what? That doesn't even make any sense. Right. It's kind of like that operator, uh, you know, it's go, um, cash flow quadrant. Right. It's like going through um, the SBI. Right. You're, you're, you, you learned it as an employee. Now you're self-employed. You have the same uh, like business and you're, you're specialized in that business. And then 
um, you become the owner of that business. So you've stepped out massively and then you invest in those businesses, right? So at least you can walk in and some people like this, some people don't, but at least you can walk in and go like, okay, no, this makes sense. Y'all are doing the right things. I'm not being cheated, right? But I mean, I think Cashflow Quadrant is like a sick book, right? Like that's something that can literally walk you through um, how to become wealthy um, without a whole lot of um, noise, I think it's a pretty straightforward book is what I'm saying. You know, that, that turned me on whenever I went from um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad to Cashflow Quadrant. thought it was amazing. And if you haven't got the Cashflow 101 game, it's actually really, really good. And it teaches you the mindset of um, being a janitor and being a millionaire, how you can do that by whatever salary it is in which you bring by investing in yourself. Yeah, it's a fun game. I, uh, I actually have the... Uh cash flow game for kids and i'm gonna play it tonight for the first time with my five-year-old so that uh, is awesome it took me <laughs> i don't know if it took you this long but it took me like six hours to get through it the first time not I'm, the kids I'm, I'm t- oh, okay i'm hoping uh, yeah the, i'm hoping the kids one's not as complex uh, we, we, scary, we would but... put like two couples and it was like oh my god now it's like it's like monopoly right it's like three hours but you learn a lot and i i do it with new friends that we either get into business with or are in business and stuff like that. I'm like, have you seen this? And that will be, you know, the charcuterie night with, <laughs> you know, games. And, and they're like, oh man, I actually learned something. And we were productive with our time. Yeah. Yeah. People definitely hate on Robert for writing a book to sell an expensive ass board game, but that board game is fun. Yeah. So like, I, like I, I could care less. I'm, I'm willing to pay the 150, 200 bucks, whatever it is for this outrageously pl- placed board game that is educational, but, but it's, but, it's, but it's a good time. Yeah. Books like that. Like I have my whole books list. Another one is like uh, the richest man in Babylon. Like if you haven't read that, like that is a really, really good book to understand like what's important, right? You basically at the end of the day, it's like 10% savings, pay yourself first, 20% to debt until you no longer have any debt. Then you're putting that to the savings. So now it becomes 30% and never live over 70% of your expenses. Dude, you can't be 10 years ago. 10 years ago, I was a broke idiot with no money, bad habits, and no understand, like very little understanding of money. And I read that book and it just one of those like books are like right time, right place. Yep. You know, um, it's a very simple book. And I remember thinking, like, oh, oh, uh, spend less than you earn. Who who knew? That's so that's so profound. <laughs> um it was one of the first five books I read, five or ten, and it was, yeah. Yeah, it's really foundational. It's really simple. It's written for, it's designed to be written for, it's like, oh yeah, these people from 1800 years ago, if they can understand it, then you can understand it. And um, that was really a foundational one in its simplicity. Yeah. And it works. I love love it. I tell, I mean, because we obviously we're we're with veterans all the time. I'm like, you know, read these few things. I mean, even when we were doing real estate and like guys and girls would want like advice, I just give them rich dad, poor dad. And if they read it, I'd talk to them. If they didn't, I wouldn't. Like, if you're not going to invest yourself, like, why am I going to invest in you? And that's not trying to be rude, but we only have so much time in the day. And like, you're not going to put effort in. I, I can't. It's not I that I won't. I can't. I will help Those, you all day, but I will not do it for you. Yep. Yeah. You can't care about somebody's success or future more than they care about it. Um, and if those two books, you can clean those two books off in like, like a long afternoon. It's not like oh, yeah. a big ask. You know, you're yeah. asking for six hours, yeah. maybe eight hours of, of yeah. learning. I ordered the hard copy of Richest Man in Babylon because, you know, I'm like Alex, I 
I'm trying to build out my ego library where the books that I really got something behind, I'm like, Ooh, I need to buy the physical copy too, so that I can showcase. I've read that it's, which is a weird thing, but I think a library is kind of the one thing ego is okay. in. uh, nonetheless, um, I order the physical copy and it shows up and I'm like, this is the flimsiest book in my like <laughs> shelf. It's like 30 pages. I was like, why is this thing so powerful? It's so, it doesn't even be kind of, I couldn't find it on the bookshelf right now if I was looking for it. Um, powerful. All right. That's a good, that's a good thing you bring up too. Cause I, there's a, there's some other thing that I saw uh, recently, which was don't trust anybody that their TV is larger than their bookshelf. I, I could get behind that for sure. Uh, books are a powerful thing. All right, Steve. Uh, I feel like we could talk all afternoon. However, I have another friend coming on the podcast here in about 10 minutes. I and thought I was your only friend, so I'm now disappointed. Steve, I we can be friends. I didn't. I didn't David's, David's, best technically not, te- David's technically not my friend, so I'm open. Never mind. I'm good. I got Alex now. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I, Hey, look, Steve, if you want to do that to yourself, you go right ahead. I will not get in the way. Right now, I think that's what everybody's going for. I thank you so much for joining us on the show today. This has been uh, this has been a ton of fun. Um, it, always a pleasure talking to you. I, I love the organization Hives for Heroes. I love what you guys are doing. Uh, I love that everyone I've talked to about bees recently has been all about it. Um, I think you're really onto something. I think you know you're really onto something, and you're changing lives. Uh, and I, you know, it's just I, I hope that anyone listening to this doesn't uh, discredit the level of passion. I mean, I, I spoke to you a number of times in park city and like just the amount of energy and passion that you have behind helping veterans with mental health and, and suicidal ideations and all these things is, I mean, it's, it's powerful. So it's really cool. And I appreciate you coming on this show to share it with us and share it with the audience. Uh, so we mentioned Hives for heroes is the best place to look. If you want to be a mentor or you want to join, or you want to donate, is that also the best place to reach out to you or is there somewhere else that we should point people? Yeah, absolutely. Our support email is always available and, and watch. So it's support at hivesforheroes.com. And yeah, dude, we're, we're a family organization. Everything that we do is based around, um, you know, obviously the bees and the vets, but that means that we have huge hearts. And when we, when we're talking to people, families always welcome, um, you know, actually encouraged uh, to strengthen the family unit, which eventually strengthens the community. And so anything that you need, reach out, any questions, any concerns, you want to talk to our CPAs, we'll hand them right over to you. It's this, we are a very open um, organization because we want to make sure that our integrity level is at a level as is so high that you never question. And that is our goal um, on any kind of books or dollars or things like that. But at the end of the day, we're here to save bees and save vets. I love it. That's powerful, man. That's cool. Dude, this has been an unbelievable show. I'm so hyped up. I, uh, you know, it reminds me of like, you know, b- both what you're saying and, and what you're doing. It's um, the importance of really curating a social group that, that fuels, you know, the life you want to have. So yeah, I'm really motivated right now. Great point. I love that. Build the life in which you want. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it starts with who you surround yourself with. You're going to become who you put, who you hang out with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Hang out with very, very high. Uh, I, I always go to the integrity piece first, man. I never want to have to question if you're looking at me at the face and, you know, lying to me like that, that's pretty much a, a, a non-starter. Um, and then after that is like, what, what does your heart look like? Have you ever asked your friends like that? Like, 
dude, how's your heart today? It's a pretty, it's a different question than how you doing today. Um, you might, you might get some responses that surprise you. My girlfriend wakes up every about three days a week out of the blue. I'll wake up, I'll be getting out of the shower and she's like, what do you think? Three things you're thankful for today. And you can't say anything you said in the last, you know, month. It's a really interesting little exercise. Cause I, she writes them down, ah. you know, and I have to do it. So it's a really interesting little, uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Is, this is yeah. great, dude. Man, it was great meeting you, Alex, man. We hadn't talked before. So this was all kind of new. And I'm, I'm sure you're like, man, who's this guy going to be? And, um, but at the, like I said, at the end of the day, we're here to support. And, you know, if y'all need anything, you know, reach out. Um, we're going to gladly share this. Um, I'm not that great at social media. We're going to like get somebody that can do better than this. Um, so, you know, but this will be, this will be shared. This well, is fantastic. We're going to, we're going to run into each other one of these days because I have a very, unique way of um shoving my life sure, into man. other people's lives um <laughs> i i have this theory i'm like you can basically be friends with anybody in the world whether they like it want to or not if you just stick around long enough yeah, and so yeah. i'm a i'm a very much like you know it's hard to get rid of me <laughs> now yeah. so now we're friends it's gonna be That's really awesome, annoying for a little while then you get used to it then you'll like it stockholm syndrome I, I actually it's by design that you hadn't met alex yet because i'm always like ooh. <laughs> I should probably Ooh. hide this guy until we're already recording. Then it's too late. Then so. it's too late. That's yeah, <laughs> so our marketing strategy. Alex, you just, I, I sucker him in and then you, you stick it to him. That's so, well, this has been an absolute pleasure. I've had a great time. This was completely conversational and unplanned, which is perfect. And, you know, you just kind of got to see y'all's hearts too. And it's pretty amazing to be um, affiliated with you guys and, and just, you know, even just this conversation. So thank y'all for everything that you do for the military community and the families that are, that are present and uh, willing to invest in themselves. And it's definitely paying off. So thank you guys for everything that you do as well. Thank you for listening to another episode about my journey from military to millionaire. If you liked it, be sure to visit from military slash podcast to subscribe to future podcasts. While you're there, we'd love for you to rate the show. Give us a review on iTunes Now get out there and take action.